Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. If you're a fan of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, you're as excited as we are that season three is here. A few months ago, we had the pleasure of having Donna Zakowska, the costume designer of those fabulous clothes, as our guest. So if you missed it, here's the rerun of this terrific interview with San Francisco editor Kim Selby and Donna. She talks about how in season two, she custom designed over 400 costumes. Listen in. Hi, I'm Kim Selby, and I'm your host for this episode of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. Today, I am talking to the extremely talented Donna Zakowska. She is the fabulous costume designer for da-da, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that Amazon Prime TV hit, which is my favorite right now. So welcome, Donna. Thank you for joining me today. Uh Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's great to be doing this, actually. It's always good to reach out and, and uh, to people around the country. It's a good thing. <laughs> well, we really appreciate it. I know our listeners we're, will just be thrilled, as I am, to learn a little bit about the inside working of how a costume designer creates. Um, before we start, have you mm -hmm. always been interested in fashion design? Like, did you dress up Barbies and dolls when you were young? Uh, well, I was, you know, it's funny. I never really even thought of it as fashion design. I really come, uh, I really was a, trained as a painter. You know, I, uh, from the time I was five years old, you know, I was creating art really my whole life. Uh, I used to do things like, you know, obviously cut up some pieces of clothing, make little costumes for myself. But it was a bigger picture for me. It wasn't just fashion. It was more about art. And then I got very, I've done a lot of theater and got very involved in theater. Uh, and then that led to film and then, of course, television. So I really have always thought of myself a little bit as a visual artist who has a great proclivity towards fashion and clothing. Uh, I did, um, my grandmother used to love, like, bringing home antique clothes, you know, Victorian capes. And, you know, so at a very early age, you know, we, you know we'd have these, like, very beautiful pieces uh, that she used to buy in antique stores on the Lower East Side. So I think I had a very early exposure to period clothing, beautiful clothing, lace, silk, you know, all of these different materials. And I think that was very helpful, actually. Oh, I'm sure it was. Did you, Were you allowed to play dress up in them or were you not allowed to touch them? Oh, no, I absolutely was. And also because sometimes, which was sort of great, she would buy things that were you know, because let's face it, they're 19th century clothing. I'm talking about a lot of it, you know, mm -hmm. things that were just ripped up or things that were pieces of things or beautiful bags. So, you know, I really got to actually play with those things and do things with those things. Uh, so it was really, um, but it was about an appreciation of materials, 
you know, mm. and even more than the full garment, just what things were made of and how buttons were made and, um, you know, how beautiful the craftsmanship was. Oh, so that leads perfectly. And I know a lot of people, I, you know, looked up some information. You've done a lot of Victorian shows. So I'm sure mm -hmm. that really helped with the aesthetic mm -hmm. that you were able to create. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, you know, you also did you, you studied art. Is that correct? Yes. I, well, I went to Barnard, Columbia mm -hmm. University and was in the program of the arts. But this is sort of somewhat half acad academic and art program, which I liked a lot. And then I went to um, Parsons for a year. Uh, and then I went to the Beaux-Arts in Paris for a year studying painting, both of oh. those years, and then went to the Yale School of Drama, yeah, where I, saw... I was in the design program. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if you were an onstage persona as well, or if you did the behind the scenes, the costuming. So did you also learn set design and all, studied all of yes, that as well? Yes, set and lighting. And, you know, so really... You know, I hope always in terms of my work, I like to sort of get a feeling, you know, the whole picture. That's why the extras are so important to me because they have a sort of scenic element, you know, and um, also the sort of painting, the idea of, you know, you're creating an image um, in the way when you're doing two-dimensional painting or something, you're creating an image. Right. You are definitely painting an image on set. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what I think is so fascinating about what you do. And I think, and... The aesthetic of clothing is is so important, especially in period pieces. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like we first saw a lot of that with Mad Men. And now I know that with The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and that pink coat that we all love. <laughs> I mean, her signature coat, yeah. Her signature coat. So I'm curious as to how you start, who you work with. Like, do you get the script ahead of time? Do you talk to Amy Sherman Palladino beforehand. Did she come to you? Just if you could walk me through the process of how your brain works to help create the aesthetic of the show, I think that would be really interesting. Well, I think, you know, when you first start out on a project, um, you're never sure is what is the chemistry going to be? Are you going to have a similar aesthetic? In the case of Mrs. Maisel uh, with Amy, it, we had from the very beginning, first meeting, uh, you know, I think there was a sense that this is going to be like a good collaboration. Um, so right after my interview, she very, very quickly, uh, they called me and said, you know, we really want you to do this. Um, so, and I think that's rare. You don't always have these like great collaborations, um, you know. So I, I basically, it begins with, you know, getting some ideas. The scripts sometimes don't actually come uh, very early. So really getting an idea and sort of structure for what you're going to do. And then I get very intensely involved with the research because the research is extremely mm. important to me. And that can span from photographs, photographic research of the period, or it can be um, maybe just looking at more abstract things like paintings. But we try to sort of combine all this research, put it together on boards and then create, a, you know, a sense of the different looks that we're going for. And then uh, at that point, sometimes I'll get Amy involved and walk her through and I sort of see how is she responding? Um, you know, are, are we on the same page or, you know, uh, what direction to go in? And then we begin, once we feel secure about that, then we begin the process of looking for the fabrics and, you know, building. And that now we're at that moment where we have like a month or less. And it, it's pretty crazy where wow. uh, it'll be very yeah. intense yeah, to, to get this all going. 
So when you, do you actually design the clothes? I mean, I, I know that each of her, at least each of Midge's outfits, you said is custom made down yes. to the underwear. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, well, the thing is that um, I design as much as is humanly possible. Uh-huh. I mean, we had, you know, close to, um, I don't know, 4,000 uh, costumes, you know, in season two, <laughs> uh, you know, or something like that. So I, Certainly with Midge, her mother, um, even Abe's suits, Abe, Joel's yeah. suits. These are all things that, you know, I actually design, find the fabrics, get built. So that's somewhere in the 400 range or something like that per season. Oh. Uh, four to 500 of things that are actually built to design. And, of course, they're the key pieces. And then the other clothing is really, you know, a composite of things we find in different rental houses and um you know, in uh, sometimes on Etsy or, or you know, uh, on the internet, and and just combine those things. Right. So, what, was it your decision uh, to put? Can you talk a little bit about the progression of how clothing move, or fashion, or design, or costumes moves the story forward? I think it's really interesting. I, being interested in fashion and theater. Mm-hmm. Mm. always see those things but I think sometimes people just look at it and go this is a great show and they don't really know why and Mm. I noticed in the beginning and then I read more about it and then you know season two which I I just binge watch everything it's so hard to stop Mm. with this show Mm. and I know people are talking about the fashions I get it but can you talk a little bit about the transition perhaps from why you put Midge in sort of the more pale colors colors and how you dressed you know, the, um, some of the characters from season one and then how they, and this is spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it. I don't care. We're talking about it to mm-hmm. season two where they go to the Catskills in Paris. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the progression and what your decisions were in terms of choosing the color palette for well, season one? Well, it's a, that's a pretty big uh, progression. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I know, <laughs> you know, in terms of where we began, you know, with that pink coat and, you know, that, you know, that sort of classic image of through rosy glasses, you know, seeing the world, mm-hmm. it sort of really um, became the color that became for me uh, identified with the character and would appear at various points on and off and would, you know, in various um, use and degrees and sort of somehow similize that, you know, um, a return to who she is in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every scene, in a way, we try to do. Um, you know, palette, I try to make palette choices for it and create little palette boards. Um, certainly that there's no question the clothes promote the story. The, the, the clothes, um, you know, are something that people are responding to centrally, physically. And so I think you have to put them in the right place for them to be with you in terms of where the story is going. Right. You know, so, so, I mean, sometimes you'd love more time doing that, but you try the best you can to sort of be uh, at one with the script. Well, I think it's fabulous. I mean, I, I see how she went from the baby pink in the when she was just starting out in the rosy colored glasses to season two, where it was a deeper pink that mm-hmm. she was wearing. I, like, would Amy or the writers, would they write that I want Midge in a black dress when she's doing stand up and it has to be fabulous each time? Or do you choose that do you say uh she should be in the black cocktail dress well it, it's a little bit of a combination but uh certainly in terms of the black dress that was something that uh, amy you know had in her mind she often has the whole arc of this show in her mind like i might not know it but i think she does have that arc uh-huh. uh, and i think she always knew 
um, because I purposely never used blacks for the whole first season until we got to that last scene, mm-hmm. that she wanted her in a somewhat, and I don't want to say it's not a copy of Joan Rivers, but in somewhat of an allusion to it, the idea of the black dress and the pearls. She knew that's where she wanted to get to. Um, I knew that. That sort of influenced how I used the colors through the first season. Um, and to a degree, we tend to repeat the dress in various different forms mm-hmm. because it's a little bit, you know, what we talk about is her uniform right? Uh, for the majority of her performance scenes. Well, I love that. I think mm-hmm. that creates a cohesiveness. And then I noticed when she was wearing the one time when she went on stage in the black pants, you know, and she looked very mm-hmm. 60, almost, you know, pre-60s kind of that. Right. I mm-hmm. thought, ooh, that's giving her a different dimension, making mm-hmm. her more casual. I, I noticed it in her stance. It was more casual. It wasn't as elegant. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think that was downtown, probably. Yeah. She was in the downtown scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I noticed also that it was very, a lot of solids and, and the, the bright solid pattern, the colors, not patterns, because I know those came in later. And where did you find those? Where um, the color inspiration for that, like the magenta or the, with a purple sheath dress underneath or the big, the turquoise and, mm-hmm. you know, green, where did you find that inspiration? Was that something of the fashion in the fifties? Did we see that in the fifties? Well, to a degree, we've seen it more than we realize we have. Uh, but a lot of it came from like, you know, sort of French Vogues and very high level fashion magazines of the period. But it's always like a bit of a process trying to figure out what the colors are going to be. And, um, you know, it takes sort of a bit of work, sometimes a little bit sort of practically do a map, a visual map of where the color coding is and where the colors are going. And, um, you know, it, it actually takes quite a bit of work. Uh, choosing those colors and, and making sure it feels uh, correctly. And they were always very excited when we find two colors we hadn't quite seen together <laughs> in that way. And they were like, wow, that's, every, you know, you get very excited about building that costume. But there is, you know, when you look at uh, French magazines and things of the period, there's a pretty heightened sense of color, actually, and the way colors were mixed together. Uh, so th- I did have a lot of material which inspired me. Oh, I love it. You know, and I loved everything from the brightly colored gloves to the purse to the pillbox hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I grew up in, you know, the 60s, early 60s. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mother having some things like that, not quite as fabulous (laughs) as Mm -hmm. your pieces. Mm -hmm. Do you do you actually are the gloves made? I know that's sort of a silly question, but I mean, I noticed these these brightly colored gloves. They must be made. Um, we do make them. Yes, yeah. we do. You yeah, because it's be impossible to find, you know, these exact colors that we're working with. Impossible to find things in that good a shape. And uh, yeah, so making the gloves and the accessories is is a whole other process in and, and of itself. And I know you don't. Um, well, you don't. So the only the leads are the ones that you actually custom make. Do you custom make the clothes for Rose as well? Yes. Um, well, and she's it too. Yeah. Because, you know, it's really sort of shifting her image into more avant-garde, going back to an earlier period in her life when she was in Paris. And so that sort of clothing is pretty tricky to find. We wouldn't really be able. She's a sort of perfect fit model. I mean, she really wears clothes really well. But, um, you know, those those clothes actually we do make. We do design those. Yeah. 
they're they're just fabulous and mm-hmm. and the the fact that she does I love how the clothes show her transition as she's an independent mm-hmm. woman living in Paris and mm-hmm. I noticed that the color palette changed for her too yeah Did definitely it, it was what well, you know it was a little bit more of a sort of earlier on a Chanel um you know pale but you know with very strong choices in a way just beautiful uh you know, tones, pastels, and then we sort of shifted. It started with the colors in Paris, which were much, you know, the purples, deep reds, um, that were very much a part of that sort of Parisian color palette, you know, and it was a little bit more. And since then, we try to always have a little bit of an avant-garde element in her clothing. When I say avant-garde, you know, just something more. So she's not just um, the typical housewife. Housewife. (laughs) She's not just the typical mother you know, really trying to find um, her identity also as a woman. That was a very important part of season two. And I love that. I love how the clothes really show her transition mm-hmm. emotionally. So you get mm-hmm. the emotional and physical and the beautiful costume design as well. Mm-hmm. I, and, and then there's the cat skills. And, you know, I, I, I was laughing so hard when Abe came out in the romper jumpsuit, a la a nod to Jack LaLanne. And the people listening to this of over a certain age certainly know who Jack LaLanne is. And I'm assuming that was your inspiration for his uh, workout jumpsuit. Yes, it, well, it was. Yeah. And then I just worked a little bit graphically, you know, with the different shapes and colors. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't, you know, the 50s wasn't a heavy period unless you were in the Olympics or something uh, where people were going to gyms and it wasn't like, you know, now we have so many exercise lines, you know? Right. Uh, So the Jack LaLanne thing was just the right thing right away, you know? Um, And like that sort of very funny jumpsuit, the fact that he wore those little (laughs) ballet slippers or things, you know, that was his sort of, it was truly of its time. It's a sort of thing uh, you're not going to see now, you know? So it was good to make it like very real for the moment. It was wonderful. It it really, it just like brought a spark of life and remembrance to my mind. But I just, oh, I loved it. I loved the whole Catskills and you introduced florals. What was the, um, you know, is there a reasoning behind where you, where you gave them patterns just because it was lighthearted and summery and Catskill-like? Is that why the bright, bold patterns came in? Well, I think that was a part of it. And I think also, um, you know, somehow you really wanted to have this sort of, you know, jubilant sort of uh, happy feeling to it. Also, when you're dealing with summer fabrics and light fabrics, you know, it's a lot easier to um, deal with pattern, uh, you know, and I think it very much was something that people loved in that environment, in the Catskills. It was very much about the patterns. And so it really, a lot of them are, you know, dealt with a lot of transparencies, like fabrics over solids. Uh, So it was actually, after having done so much solid work, it was really like sort of fun to then be able to really embrace patterns. Um, Because I don't normally, like I don't work with patterns a lot. You know, I I will and do, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not something I immediately am attracted to. But in this context, it made sense. Yeah, it worked. It worked beautifully. I thought it was. I thought it was just so so fresh, and and loved her uh, very modest two piece bathing suit as well. Oh yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so fun, so fun. There's one character I don't want to leave out because I know that people also love Susie. 
mm-hmm. and her, um, you know, very interesting choice of wardrobe that you've given her, mm-hmm. but it, it totally suits. Can you talk a little bit about, was there an inspiration for Susie and are her clothes also custom made? Uh, they are. You know, uh, basically what we do is try to find some prototypes and then create them from the prototypes. But that character really came from doing, I did a lot of research on downtown, the Uh West Village, and sort of the clubs and and people in the clubs. And there were really quite a few images and characters that I sort of composited and created that image, you know. And the whole thing, the hat just gives her a certain (laughs) gravitas and a presence, you know. Um, so, and, you know, obviously she changes a little bit less, but we, um, you know, it was sort of important to make it masculine, but yet make sense for her, you know? And so that was what, that was, you know, the fine line um, I was playing with there. Well, I think you did a remarkable job. I mean, I totally, I love this. And I know if people are listening to this, they will go right out and watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because it is so fabulous. Mm. As we are wrapping up, I, okay. All right. First of all, I know how, you know, fashion is influenced by the media. Do you think that we are going to, fingers crossed, see a return to this um, decade, this era of clothing? Uh, I think it's possible something. I mean, what I find interesting is like there have been many women and many young women who like love, love, love the clothes and so to me, that means that people are a little bit tired of being in like, you know, what I'd call elevated gym wear all the time, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I, I think that, that we have to like find that sort of fine line where people um, can be playful and not, um, you know, overly um, stereotypical female, uh, you know, but yet in those sorts of clothes and combine them, do you know? So I, I think... I think things are shifting a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to to mm. know that. I mean, I remember getting on airplanes and wearing white gloves when I was just a young, young girl and having to dress up. And, you know, sadly, you see athleisure and right, pajamas right. on airplanes now. Really, it's terrible. So yeah, I no, certainly <laughs> hope we get some influence. And then how about those coats? Any chance you will be creating a fashion line? That uh, we are. Just... I think, you know, in the next few weeks, we're sort of really tackling this idea of starting a small line. Uh, and I, I think we will try to do it. I really do. So um, hopefully I'll know more about that in the next few weeks. But I think we have to just maybe go for it. And I think well, I create a very small line and um, then figure out you know, what is how to distribute it and where, you know, uh, because so many people do approach me about it. It seems like an obvious thing maybe to sort of start to do think about well, doing it. yeah here, here's my credit card information okay. I'm ready. <laughs> please please right. do that i really hope you do okay. right, and and before we end do you have one favorite look from the show yes. what is that oh my god you know it's it's so hard there's so many but I, you know i always go back to the first look of the nightgown being compl- you know combined with a pink coat because <laughs> i feel like it was sort of beautiful i felt like it was these like strange practically French colors, you know, French uh-huh. romantic. And yet it was uh, funny and comic and beautiful at the same time. So I think when a costume combines sort of a certain beauty and a comic element in this, you know, type of series, I think this is one you know, I find it like uh, to be my favorite, really. Well, that just, you basically described the show right. by that one <laughs> outfit. It's 
funny. It's beautiful. It's, um, it's just so moving and touching. And I, I really love the show and I love your work on it. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me today. And we will share this. And I know many people will enjoy hearing your story. So Donna, really Great. we look forward to season three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh my God. Well, well, <laughs> at least three. <laughs> okay, three. Right. Great, great. And well, thank I you very much. Forward to wearing a coat designed by you. Okay, well that I'm gonna definitely keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> definitely. Thanks, right. Donna. Cheers. Okay, cheers. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Ciao.